and we're back with episode 17 of the adding value uh, substack or in this case the podcast uh, so we're episode 17 rural entrepreneurship initiatives thankfully it's becoming something of a buzzword on June 15, 2022, the Wisconsin Startup Coalition is hosting a discussion forum and panel discussion in conjunction with the release of their Rural Innovation Report. This report is the latest in an increasingly frequent stream of attention being paid to rural entrepreneurship. Because it's my post and therefore my timeline, I'm going to start it in late 2019 when I started the Rural Entrepreneurship Project at the University of Wisconsin Law School's Law and Entrepreneurship Clinic. The project, now program, isn't terribly relevant to this story, except to say that it grew out of my growing frustration with a lot of sturm and drang about the future of the delivery of legal services in rural Wisconsin, but not a lot of action. I understand the need to study problems, but at some point we have to actually try to solve them, or what are we doing here, you know? I'm not one of those people that says, don't complain if you don't have a solution. I think it's perfectly reasonable to simply complain, but I don't think it's terribly productive, even if cathartic. I will note that if we are con consistently complaining about something, but not doing anything about it, then I get the sense that we just like complaining, but maybe the problem isn't as important as we might think it is. This happens a lot with hard problems, by the way, because they are actually hard problems with no easy or obvious solutions. Indeed, others may have tried to solve such problems and failed, sometimes spectacularly. So we like to complain about them, but avoid the hard work of trying to solve them. This complain but do nothing in action has plagued Wisconsin's approach to rural development for years, or even decades, which is maybe why we're in this situation to begin with. So in my own little act of protest and wanting to actually do something, in February of 2020, the Rural Entrepreneurship Program, NAE Project, held our first office hours session in Platteville, Wisconsin, in partnership with the Platteville Business Incubator and Platteville Main Street. To date, we've held about a dozen sessions across the state from Platteville to Superior to Rhinelander to Beloit. If you see me, ask me about it, and I will brag your ear off about the great work of our students as part of this program. The important thing is that we were doing something that was moving the needle. In January of 2020, Wisconsin's Governor Tony Evers signed an executive order putting in place a Blue Ribbon Commission on Rural Prosperity to study and report on the problems affecting economic development in rural Wisconsin by the end of 2020. The commission held numerous listening sessions throughout the year, which I was able to participate in, and issued its report called Rural Voices for Prosperity. Quote, rural stakeholders know that locally owned businesses contribute more to the local economy than those that are not, that, than those that are not and are more likely to remain in rural communities. Indeed, nationwide, more than 80% of all new jobs are created by growing businesses that already exist in communities, and many believe that figure is higher in rural places. Several innovating communities uh, mentioned multiple times to the commissioners having a thriving ecosystem facilitating the development of mostly small, small locally grown businesses. 
One action to come out of the report was the establishment of WEDC's Office of Rural Prosperity. In early 2022, the University of Wisconsin-Madison Extension, together with the University of Minnesota Extension, were given $400,000 over four years by Compure Financial and Ag Country Farm Credit Services to specifically address rural entrepreneurship initiatives. In addition, UW Extension held its annual Wisconsin Rural Economic Summit, a webinar covering a wide variety of issues affecting rural communities. And then a few weeks ago, the Rural Innovation Report, linked in the article, together with some case studies of successes in rural entrepreneurship was released. It was prepared by my friend Tessa Conroy at UW Extension and two of her collaborators, Stephen Deller and Ted Callan. At the Wednesday launch party, we'll hear from Phil Fonfara, former director of G-Beta Beloit and current founder of Blue Line Battery, based in Beloit. The aforementioned Steve Deller, UW, UW's Department of Agricultural and Applied Economics, and Sam Rickers, the deputy director of the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation. The results of the report are a mixed bag. For example, the good news. Rural areas are already quite entrepreneurial. Proprietorship, one type of business ownership, is more common in rural than in urban areas, and businesses survive longer in rural communities, signaling entrepreneurship as a rural asset. Rural businesses also survive at higher rates than their metro counterparts. The headline from this report has been the bad news. Quote, even though startup activity has generally been higher in rural Wisconsin compared to more urban areas, startup rates have been declining in general and relatively steeply in remote Wisconsin. At the highest, there were 16 new businesses per 1,000 employees in remote Wisconsin in 1978. Most recently, in 2018, the peak is roughly eight businesses per 1,000 employees, half of what it was at the peak. It also notes that the most remote parts of Wisconsin have been particularly hard hit. The report attempts to mitigate this decline with the caveat that there is an increase in the self-employed in rural areas since about 2013. Quote, for both metro and non-metro Wisconsin, the growth in non-employer establishments has been vital to the post-Great Recession recovery. While the report is somewhat less clear about how the self-employed became self-employed, it does provide some perhaps euphemistic cover vis-a-vis the COVID-19 pandemic. Quote, the pandemic may also signal a shift in entrepreneurial activity. Many traditional types of wage and salary employment went away or became more difficult. At the same time, some households received stimulus money, and unlike in previous recessions, financial markets remained strong. In this context, many people have seemingly pursued entrepreneurship. To be perhaps less coy, we should maybe say, quote, large employers fired a bunch of people who couldn't then get jobs, so they started their own gigs because the federal government gave them enough money to survive while they were getting started. While this may be a strong argument in favor of universal basic income, it's less clear that this kind of entrepreneurial activity is net beneficial. Perhaps most interestingly, the the report argues that some of the current labor shortage is a result of the success of, quote, non-employer establishments combined with the shortage of childcare. 
quote, there is growing evidence that the lack of quality and affordable childcare is intensifying the labor shortage, and the evidence is indicating that a growing number of people are moving toward self-employment. This report seems, on its face, like the latest in a long line of Sturm and Drang related to rural entrepreneurship and community development. But somewhat surprisingly, though, this time, there are things in the works. The Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation is putting a lot of money into rural economics and supporting the creation of frameworks for connecting resources. Extension is very clearly committing resources, which will benefit the whole state. UW Systems Tech Transfer Office, WISIS, has started their Venture Home Program that connects non-Madison and Milwaukee campuses to their local communities through the support of entrepreneurship initiatives. So this appears to be one of those rare instances where I'm pleasantly surprised by those taking action. Of course, we can and should be doing more, but I'm optimistic by the programs being put in place. As a coda, the Rural Innovation Report analyzes potential community economic development solutions within the Emory and Flora Community Capitals framework. The framework says a lot about the interconnectedness of supporting entrepreneurship and community development as a systems problem, and not just an isolated issue that can be solved with money, traditionally how we've tried to solve these problems. This is a great step forward in how we think about these problems, and I look forward to going over it with you in future posts. Glad to be back. See you next time.